Hello, and welcome to the La Dolce Vita podcast. This is your host, Virginia Rose, and I'm coming to you from the greater Washington, D.C. area. It's the sweet life and everything in it, and I'm so happy that you're here today and tuning in. I have a wonderful upcoming guest. He's a special guest. His name is Lauren Michaels Harris. He's a breakout coach, a motivational speaker, an artist, and a TV talk show host of the show Bathrobe Moments. I am so thrilled to have him on the show today. He has some wonderful things to share. We're going to be talking about some great topics, and I have a few uh, surprise questions I'm going to be asking him. So please stay tuned, and when we come back, I'm going to have my very special guest here with me. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back. Again, this is your host, Virginia Rose of the La Dolce Vita podcast. And allow me to welcome the very special Lauren Michaels Harris to the show, breakout coach, motivational speaker, artist, and talk show host of Bathrobe Moments. Welcome, my very dear friend, Lauren. How are you? I'm awesome, Virginia Rose. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I am so thrilled. You and I are like coffee talk buddies. I just love it so much. (laughs) We are. So yesterday, you had a great show with uh, our mutual friend, Mervyn Mayo, and I just wanted to say congratulations. That was a wonderful episode. Oh, thank you. It wasn't hard with someone like Mervyn. He is just an incredible spirit. I want to thank you for introducing me to not only Mervyn, but his gifts, and there are many, trust me, and my audience absolutely adored the experience. So thank you so much. Oh, well, you know, ever since I started working for God's Glory Music for the record label and working with Baron Sorrell and working with Mervyn Mayo and his team, I have been just blessed. My life has been blessed. So any blessings that I can pass on, um, I'm going to do it. And and watching him on your show was just so wonderful for me. So, so exciting. Yes, for me as well. Thank you. You're welcome. So let's get to you. I want my audience to first learn a little bit about your background. We're going to go into, you know, what you do and the different things and motivational speaking and things. But first, I want them to learn a little bit um, about you, where you're from, where you're living now, and just introduce yourself. Oh, for sure. For sure. I um well, my name is Lauren Michaels Harris, and I live in a little suburb outside of Chicago known as Naperville. 
Um, and I live here with my husband, Dr. Brian Ribzinski, and we've been married. Um, we've been together over five years, married just three this past October 14th. And yeah. uh, I waited all my life for my everything. And so I, I consider myself highly blessed uh, to have him in my life. And I was born and raised in Michigan. Uh, 1962, so that tells you right there, I'm not uh, a young buck, but I was born to a single mother there who um, ended up passing me over to the nurse in the hospital where I was born. Uh, at the time, I think she thought it was temporary, but uh, one month turned into two, two into six, and my adopted mother, which was really just a backdoor agreement between two African-American women, nothing legal at the time, uh, took me and uh, fell in love and uh, for whatever her reasons were, couldn't uh, find it within her heart. She just didn't return me. And so uh, I lived there until I was uh, a, a young boy. And then suddenly uh, that mother, Ada, the one who took me from my birth mother, Lucille, uh, had a major stroke when we had come from the grocery store one day and passed away a couple days later. And within a week of that, uh, I found out that I was not the person I had known myself to be or thought I knew myself to be. I'd been known as Larry uh, Dixon up until that moment and the courts, the, the state came in and just handed me a trash bag and said, well, you were never really adopted. I had no idea of any way and uh, gave me about 20 minutes to pack what I could in the trash bag. And uh, I left that home and uh, never came back really, uh, came back to the area but I came back as an independent living uh, uh, member of the foster care system. So I lived on my own and um, finished high school on my own. And and uh, then uh, fast forward, you know, I went through the military because, you know, there was no way for me to go to college back then. Uh, being a ward of the state, the financial aid was not set up, you know, with FAFSA and stuff. They didn't have a spot unless you had parents or guardians to fill in the tax mm -hmm. information. So I was forced to go into the Air Force, which was one of the greatest experiences of my existence. So glad that it happened. And that's where I found my love of music, competing in their competitions. And um, I went on and won male vocalist worldwide two years in a row and got to travel and in a group called Tops and Blue and uh, do all kinds of things and meet all kinds of people. So that's where I met my, my management for my music career, my early music career. And when I separated from the Air Force, I moved directly to Hollywood, where I started recording and um, became a jingle singer. And after I remember doing voiceovers and things like that, landed a record deal uh, for writing at the time, not singing at the time, which I wanted to sing and not write. And then but it all came full circle about five years ago when I landed my second recording deal with an independent label. And they wanted me to do both, to sing and to write. So I do have an album out called Turn It Around is all journey-based uh, music and lyrics about experiences. And uh, a lot of it speaks to those trials, those those moments and events in life that when I was living them, I would have never thought in a million years I, for any reason, would want to go back and revisit those places. But I've learned over the years that there really are no mistakes in the universe. Everything that ever happens to us is a blessing in that moment that is being born into becoming in that moment. And I'm at the place at the ripe old age of 58 today where I can really say, Virginia, honestly, that 
I had to live everything, every moment that I've ever lived over 500 times, a thousand times, uh, in order to have just five minutes of what I live today, I would gladly rewalk that road. And that's something that I hope every person within the hearing of my voice gets to experience um, at least once in your lifetime. Uh, I really believe now, um, since I've started telling my story, which led me into becoming a motivational speaker and a coach, led to my show, Bathrobe Moments, just being able to share my message with the world. Goldcast uh, heard my my recording of my very first time telling my story and decided they wanted to produce it a couple years ago. And that video today has over 20 million views and it changed my life because, not because of the views or any type of notoriety, it changed my life because it was proof positive for the first time ever that I do, none of us needs to uh, hide our scars or be shamed because of our scars, because scars are number one. The number one thing about scars is that when you look at them, even the ones you cannot see, uh, you, you are looking at proof positive that healing does indeed exist. And underneath, when you start looking through a different type of lens, a different retina, uh, if you will, you look through a different lens at those scars, you can really see that underneath each and every one of them, there lies the heart of a story, which is just waiting for us to give that story permission to beat. And so today, I really, I wake up and I go to sleep so, so, so very grateful for every experience that I've ever ever lived in this journey and it allows me to look forward to every corner known as the future and what is around that corner without any fear trepidation hesitance or questions and so uh that's pretty much it you know that's the reader's digest version wow i first i want to say i didn't want to i didn't want to interrupt but i i have to tell you i have goosebumps I have I have goosebumps all over me, and my heart is so so warm and so so touched, and um, I'm so grateful that you shared that because um, though my oh just I'm just so thankful, Lauren. Wow. Oh, bless you. Thank you. I am too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So even though our childhoods um, had you know everybody lives a different different life, you know. Um, I did not have it easy as a child myself. And when you say grateful, I can really connect with that because I know that feeling that you just look around and you're just like, God, how, yeah. how did you do this? How did you take me from darkness to light? And I know the feeling and I connect with, with what you say about you wouldn't really change it because it made us the empathetic, humble human beings that we are yeah. and and show grace and mercy to those who um maybe don't have it like we have it now because we've been there right true very true very true so thank you wow thank you. well i want to talk about um how the goal cast how that came about <laughs> i want you to share that with us because i have watched that video I would say at least 12 or 13 times. And every time I still get tears, I actually watched it right before our show today. Um, and it still touches my heart because I can feel your words. And I challenge anybody listening to this, go log on to YouTube right now, look up Lauren Michaels Harris, 
on Goldcast. You must watch the story. It's a true Mother's Day miracle is what it's mm-hmm. called about being lost and found. And I want you to share where you were when you gave that beautiful motivational speech, when you shared that journey and how that came about, if you could. Oh, sure. I'd love to. That, um, that moment was uh, a true milestone in my life. I remember, well, I, two friends of mine uh, in the uh, St. Joe, Michigan area were staging a thing that was a national um, speaking thing called Listen to Your Mother. And it was an annual thing all over the country, staged in different cities, almost like TEDx's are done. And you have to audition. And I didn't even know about it. But these two ladies that knew me and knew my story said, you know, Lauren, this year, um, for the first time, uh, we're, we have some men who are telling their stories of motherhood and experiences with, mother- with motherhood. And you have such a compelling story. Having had 22 mothers, you consider auditioning. And I didn't even hesitate. It just felt right. And so I did, and I remember when I was writing it, how it, it's, it's so, it, I, you know, it's moments like right now where I realize that there aren't words, there are words that haven't been invented yet to express how something truly feels at the core. And this is one of those, mm-hmm. this is one of those. Uh, but I will say it was a moment where everything that I had ever been ever lived everything that i was at the time and everything i could hope to ever become at the time all came together in one room in one spot in one story and Mm. i at night i nearly ran off the stage waiting for my turn uh three times i distinctly remember three times but i got up and i started and as i started telling the story i realized for the first time that the voice I was speaking from was not just my own. It was the three boys. It was for the three boys that were in that very first foster home, that very first night, the very first time that I was sexually abused was that night. How they got to me beforehand, how they sheltered around me, um, poured into me, and I was older than all three of them. And the youngest, which was the spokesman actually, Andrew, was just four years old. And um, after I aged out of the system years later, I, one of the first things I did was to go look for these three and found out that unfortunately, as is the case with many kids within the foster care system, none of the three made it out alive and the eldest lived to be 14 years old. So that was the night, yeah, when I started speaking for those who have lived what I've lived and worse but never been able to tell their story for obvious reasons. And it was Mm -hmm. also simultaneously my opportunity to to celebrate my birth mother, who in that video, in that speech I referred to as my original. I had 22, but she was my original. She was my very own Eve. And things came out that will stick with me forever that she shared with me in the very first five minutes of us knowing each other after 32 years of not knowing each other. Things like when I asked, how did you know I would come? She said, I knew you would be here one day, even though she had been told I had died when I was, you know, maybe a few months old. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother story. Um, 
but she said something to me that they they exemplify they 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 show it on the screen in such a beautiful way in the podcast video um when i asked her how she knew she says how how could i not know how could i not know that you weren't dead how could i not know that you were coming one day she said because you and i you and i were once one person and then in the video they cut to an african american woman who's completely naked laying on a table on her back 9 months pregnant and right at that point she takes her hand and she rubs over her stomach like a mother only a mother can do and mm-hmm. i had never visualized myself as one with my birth mother until i saw that on the screen because there you have to understand because i was basically living in hiding and didn't know it um they gave me a name that was not legal um uh there weren't a lot of pictures of me i never i still have never seen myself younger than 3 years old in a photo and so that was very special for me and how i speak in there about how after uh, almost 20 years of seeking my mother searching for her not once had it ever crossed my mind that should i find her she may not want to see me didn't realize that which is where the title came from um until I dropped my birth certificate in a grocery store one day I had basically given up because I had checked and tried to find her for over 20 years I'd made several trips back to the town I'd called every Harris in the phone book but that was my mom's maiden name and I was should have been looking for her married name uh because she was married when she gave birth to me um she was uh separated later to divorce but at the time so I, I you know my name really should be Williams but anyway uh you know so many things happened in that that minutes on that stage that night and I I learned so much about purpose and that was the moment I I realized that there are no mistakes like I said just blessings and miracles that are being born into the process of becoming Uh it gave me the courage to continue telling that story and today I have spoken on stages over 1500 times in a little short of 5 years. Um it gives me my voice uh for my show Bathroom Moments which in January will begin its fifth season and it is just really just removed all the thorns and all the splinters mm. yeah and just help me to realize that when we tell our stories we are we are grouting if you will we are putting grout between the tiles of healing for every person we encounter because when we take what has helped us to heal and we we share it with others that are in need of healing it goes on and on and therefore the healing truly never ends and that's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful way to look at it just like looking at scars not as uh you know something that is a shaming device um or uh you know a trigger for trauma but our scars are proof that healing is ours it is there for us in every way possible oh yeah wow. that's 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 really how i feel well i have to share something with you um I'm so glad first of all and thank you for sharing that and I I want to let you know that when I write the shows I I always you know read the bios look at the pictures do the promos you know do my mm-hmm. research 
And when I was writing the show these last few days, I wrote down, Lauren is a beacon of hope. Lauren is love. Lauren is kindness. Lauren represents forgiveness and strength. And it's getting me emotional just reading that because when I see you and I hear your voice, you also help to heal me. And I'm grateful for that. So I just thank you so much for, for, for telling mm-hmm. me that and sharing that with the audience. And uh, I too feel that way. Uh, you know, you were just on my show and um, I experienced for pretty much the same. And that again is proof. Um, you know, Virginia, I wish for people um, everywhere, I wish that more people would simply believe in something greater and, and just believe that their story is necessary and it is important to the overall volume of books known as history. Uh, you know, and, and because, man, we could learn so much, um, not just, you know, some people refer to them as woe is me stories, but we all have one. Um, you have to. You, 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 you can't appreciate the valleys if you don't look up and see that there's a peak in front of you. You can't appreciate the peak unless you've experienced yeah. what it's like from the valley. And so everything is relative. And the wonderful thing about blessings and healing um, is that they don't come in pints, quarts, or gallons. One size, one drop, it's all. And, you know, I just know that the day will come where more people will realize that when we share our stories, when we have conversation with each other, we are we are exposing myths and lies and, you know, things that, that get and stand in the way of our truths. And disallow us to believe that we are the greatness that we are and that is within us. And so I really do this because while I'm 58 years old now, for a long time I felt like I was waiting for life to begin for me. But then when story became my superpower, I was reminded that whether you're a believer, once upon a time, I mean, not once upon a time, but uh, in the beginning, or if you were an atheist, is once upon a time. All stories start at the beginning. And you know, so many of us want to leave out certain aspects of our journey, which doesn't give the world or offer even ourselves a true representation, a true story. What it does at best is offers a version. Something is missing, or something that shouldn't be has been added. But the truth the most wonderful thing about the truth is that it is the only thing within the universe that never ever changes. It doesn't get older, it doesn't get thinner, it doesn't rust or go out of style. The truth today will be the same truth a million years from now. And thank goodness, because that's why Mozart is still Mozart. It's why Keats and Baldwin, it's why Martin Luther King and Mother Teresa not just them, their personas, their memories, but their words, their actions, their lessons, their truths are still as true today as they were the moment they lived it. Why? Because the truth never changes, 
And to thank God it never changes on us. And for those seeking it, the wonderful thing about the truth is that it does have a distinctive ring to it. If you are looking for it, if you are seeking for it, you have to seek beyond your eyes. You have to seek with your heart and it will find you and you will find it. Hence the law of attraction, all the wonderful other laws and, 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 and anything that is like, you know, an effect, a law, theory, domino effect, ripple effect, a law of, of attraction. All of these things are clues that have been strewn throughout our journey, especially so within those rooms of trauma, hurt, pain, betrayal, because life hopes that we will find that courage that will bring us back to the scene, that will take us and help us to return to those moments, because also inside those rooms of trauma, there are all sorts of clues and gifts that life has left us knowing we will one day come back. And when you go and you bring those into the life you're living today, you no longer have problems. You didn't have, you know, cursed. You weren't cursed. You didn't have anything but joy. And it is a, an amazing way to experience something all over again without regretting the tears because you know I now know that every tear that ever escaped my eye or eyes wherever it landed the moment it landed it created a syllable and those syllables found their way to each other to create words and then those words formed sentences sentences formed paragraphs paragraphs formed pages pages became chapters and chapters books and books become volumes when we leave, when we wow. leave this world one day, you know, which we all, that's the race none of us can beat. We will all never outrun time. The wonderful thing about it is, is that, you know, when we pass and go or transition, however you approach it, we will be forced to leave our DNA and our fingerprints proof positive that we were here. We'll have to leave those behind. Mm-hmm. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But because of truth and the ring of truth and story, we will leave something behind that people will be able to find if they're seeking for thousands, perhaps millions of years. Um, that that might oh. so profound. Oh, so profound, Lauren. So profound. Oh my. Goodness. Yeah, you have to butt in with me because you know I could go in it. <laughs> and it's very hard to because I feel like I'm talking to my guru and you're helping me. So you know I learn a lot from these shows. This journey of starting La Dolce Vita podcast and supporting others and supporting artists and trying to bring some type of a glimmer of hope in in what is known to us as one of the darkest times that any of us has lived, but at the same time can be turned around to a time of self-reflection and and joy and finding moments in the peace and the stillness of the home and the quietness of the roads and the cities. And by listening to you, it the frequency, even in my home, in my office, in my studio, as I sit, has changed. And your voice, I'm so glad that you recognize the power of it. And that's what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about you being a breakout coach because just in the short time that I've known you, without even knowing it, 
you've assisted me and helped me. And you do this for people all across the world, virtually in person, in many different ways. So when you're ready, can you share with us about your journey to, to becoming a breakout coach and what you what you do? That, that's a great question. That. And um, thank you for allowing me to share that. When I started this career that I'm in now, about five years ago, I remember my very first coach said, um, well, we're going to get your coaching packages together and start working on that. And I was like, coaching? Who said anything about coaching? And he goes, you don't have to say anything <laughs> about it. I said, well, how do you know it'll happen? He goes, because they will tell you when they're ready. When the, when the teacher is ready, the student will appear. And when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And sure enough, I'll never forget it. I was on what I thought was another one of the many, what I, I call discovery calls, really just to get to know you virtual coffee, talk with people. Um, I was, it had nothing to do with coaching and the lady said it and I'll never forget. She goes, well, I'm so excited to have finally found you. I've been looking for 13 years for this, for my coach. And um, I, I thank you in advance for being that person for me. I remember I looked at my phone like, did she just say coach? And then it came back rushing in from what my coach Barry had said to me about a year before. What I love about the coaching that I do is it's based on one of the gifts that God has afforded me, um, which is the gift of a glimpse inside certain people's greatness. And it's funny because I tell people, no, it's not like I'm going to say, oh, hey, Virginia Rose, guess what? I saw you getting into a limousine with Gail and Oprah and overhead on a pink dress and Gail was in a white pantsuit. Um, no, it's nothing like that. But I will get a feeling, I'll get a scent or a sense of something that is covering a person. I believe it's what is referred to as an anointing on their behalf. And I tell them exactly what I've been shown. And so I work with a lot of people in going back. Um, I, I tell people I specialize in time travel because I, I work with people in the art of re-memory. Just like if a pen cap or if you have a highlighter and the cap comes off, when you bring them together and click it back into place, you are literally remembering the two pieces back into the original unit. And when we go back, yeah. Wow. And that's what we have. And that's how you found me, kind of. I just, yeah. uh, just to interject real quickly, was you kind of knew me before you knew me. And we had this very cool connection. And I just want to share that with the listeners because when we connected and I shared a little bit about my story, I was lord and you're like i'm not surprised at all i already knew i already knew you were amazing i already knew that you had a yep. hard childhood i already knew like yeah. you already knew you already right. knew it was amazing and that happens a lot and i'll also i'll tell people sometimes because sometimes it's so intricate it's so detailed what i'm going to say to them i know it when i see it i mean sometimes down to making model of a car that something happened i'm just i'm just keeping it real and i was and i used to hold my tongue on those things like they're gonna think i'm crazy if i say that i would actually say in my mind i 
Same way. I'm being an empathic person and being able to like a soul seer when I do the, I mean, you've seen my work with the photo shoots and I came on your show and you see, I can see inside their soul. That's how I know how they Mm -hmm. need to be photographed. But when you tell people that and you're not there at that nostalgic place where you've been published all these times and everything, people are like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You need to take your medication. And I'm like, it's not like that. I know exactly (laughs) what you mean when you say that. And I remember exactly when God showed me how to get around that. And I just, I always throw a a disclaimer out first. I'll say, you know, um, a lot of what you're going to hear from me, I just want you to know it's not coming from me in as much as it's coming through me. So you'll say to yourself, how do you know that? And they do, even after I tell them that. They'll say, how did you know? I said, I told you, I don't know. But I just know, know things. But and that's what I felt greater people. than me knows. That that yes. There was some thank you for whatever that. Whatever you call thank it you. was there when this happened. Was there with you before. Is 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 it, it, it this this entity walks before us, stands beside us, and brings up the rear behind us because it knows as humans we cannot see what is behind us. And so it's some people call it a hedge of protection everything from guardian angels to energy but it's really unconditional love unconditional mm. love covers everything covers wow. everything that's that's why it has to be unconditional i mean you can have love but that's that's a version of love true love unconditional no fences and isn't that so funny isn't that so funny lauren that whenever i was writing description words to do the show for the guide that i wrote oh, lauren is love well, that yes oh, the bell. ring <laughs> we there gotta talk is. about the bell of purpose oh, ring. oh you got it, it there with you okay I, I learned that the hard way when i show up without it people would say where's the bell of purpose oh yes Let's share with our listeners. So on bathrobe moments, our friend Lauren has a, what he calls his bell of purpose. And I want you to talk about that for a few minutes. And then let's talk sure. about bathrobe moments because that's such oh, an important thank you. piece of you. Well, the bell of purpose is, I, it's interesting because I have a lot of things that are attached to the word purpose in my world. And because they were put there and placed there and I do utilize them on purpose. The bell of purpose is what I ring on the show when either a guest has said something that's worthy of a walk around, a second look at. Maybe I have said it, or maybe one of the viewers has placed something within the comments that is really a golden or platinum nugget. And so we get so busy hearing and not listening that, um, and distractions and, you know, shiny object syndrome and on and on that I, I started using the bell of purpose to get people refocused and to make sure that they realize that, you know, uh, you know, there's something here worth taking a look at. And if you don't want it, then share the broadcast right now. Invite a friend. Um, make a commitment to tell someone about what you heard today. Don't hold it to yourself. Uh, because there are blessings, even mm-hmm. if you're not ready for it. If you're willing to give it to someone, if you want, if you like it, I love it, and give it to them, you still are moving forward and perpetuating the theory that the healing never ends, even if you're not ready to heal yet yourself. And so 
And I have a wall of purpose that I'm looking at right now filled with nothing but multicolored post-it notes. And those, and I've had journalists come here to the home, to uh, to the home. I, he lives in the home. No, oh my goodness, that's a fifty-year-old. <laughs> estate. I, However, we can our, say it. Our home. Um, these post-it notes. Each one of them is a thought. It is an idea. It is a message. It is a part of a message. They are everything from names of people that I haven't met yet to quotes and things that will become chapters in books or content on my show or maybe just something in the conversation with someone that has been chosen for me and I've been chosen for them for that moment. And the reason I use the post-it notes is because I'm one of those disorganized, organized people where it looks like a mess on my desk, but I know where everything is. But I'm honest with myself that sometimes things do fall through the cracks, that I can flip a legal pad page over and everything written on it is now hidden. I can slip something accidentally inside of the wrong file, and now it is hidden. But with post-it notes, they're right in front of me, and I have never in my life placed a post-it note on top of another post-it note. So I do that to to celebrate and honor what is greater than me, choosing me uh, to to be the the curator of these stories, of these messages, of these truths. I know that I, I never have to deal with writer's block because I don't believe in it because I don't have to come up with anything. I don't have to think up anything. I stay in my lane and I am a whistle stop. I allow all of the content to come to me on its way through me. And so purpose, the reason I, I love that word is because when you look, when you, my, my birth mother Lucille used to tell me, I don't watch, she said, boy, I don't watch mouths. I watch feet because they tell me everything I need to know. And when Mother Teresa got down on her knees in any one of the many alleyways of Calcutta to do one of the many things that she did, later known as miracles, she never once hesitated. She got down on purpose. And that is the only way she was able to get back up with even more purpose. When Martin Luther King went out on that wow. balcony that morning and looked around, I know in my spirit, he knew he would never return, but he left and he went there to that church to present on purpose. And when he lay on the floor bleeding of that church, he was bleeding with purpose. And you know, that brings me to the story I told you I had about Rosa Parks. Yes, I want to hear this story because I just want to really quickly say that today marks the 65th anniversary of the Montgomery boycott. And today is a very um, important day to recognize the late, great Miss Rosa mm -hmm. Parks as a family member of my friend, Dr. Angela Williamson. And there's going to be an episode airing tomorrow night awesome. on PBS with Mervyn Mayo. And we had discussed about Rosa Parks. And I am so oh, excited to hear this. So I please, will. please share with and us. And it's about interesting your, your... because I never met her, but I did nonetheless. Um, a few years back, I was invited to speak in Birmingham, Alabama, um, at Sanford University. And my good friend, Fred Shepard, who is a um, political science uh, professor there, he was my only friend in foster care when I was in a group home, my last group home before I aged out of the system. He was my very dearest friend in Ann Arbor, Michigan. 
and we hung out all the time. And his parents were both uh, professors at the University of Michigan. We lived in this huge, giant house, which later became a frat house. That's how big it was. Uh, and he invited me down. We reconnected. And when I went down to speak, he had the curator of the Civil Rights Museum there in Birmingham uh, open up when, you know, they were closed. They opened up especially for us to come through for a private tour. So the curator was pointing out different exhibits and things. And I kept looking around her because up ahead I could see the back end of a bus. And I was like, that's got to be the Rosa Parks exhibit. And when I got up there, I totally had an out-of-body experience because they have a, a, a statue of her sitting in that seat on the bus looking out that window. And then the real picture of her in black and white is right there beside her. And the out-of-body aspect of the experience happened when I looked at the statue, the marble statue, and then I looked at the picture. And I heard that same voice that has guided me all of my life said to me, step inside this moment of purpose look at her what is she looking at and i had read the story not long before i went down there even before i got booked i didn't know i was going to be speaking down there i had read the story the rosa parks story and i learned all the things about you know how she signed all the paperwork you know uh, with lawyers and stuff that morning because she getting her, her affairs in order. She did not know if she would come home and went right. And she was a last right. minute replacement because she passed what was known as the paper bag test. Uh, she was just the right color and she was friends with the mayor's wife and all these different criteria. But when I, none of that mattered. When I looked at the picture and at the statue, almost at the exact same time, I had to turn my head to do it. But I promise you, the look, what she was looking towards is what had me enthralled. She was looking towards the world we live in today, looking towards those of us who hadn't even been born yet. She was looking towards the gifts that she knew this moment would create for the future. And I was able to cellularly memorize what that feels and looks like through her moment. And it opened my heart and mind to the simplicity of legacy. How we never, it's not about how many skyscrapers you built or if you've gotten a, a plethora of gold medals or Grammy awards or whatever it is that the world says is validation. Those simple moments of just unconditional love for what you, it, it just, it, I'm telling so you, it was transformative. And for anyone who ever gets down to Birmingham, I highly recommend you visit, um, the Civil Rights Museum, and it's right across the street from the church where the three little girls, you know, and um, that was another a great experience. Um, I just, I, what it did for me personally was it, 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 it taught me that I don't have to spend my energy in my life trying to beat the odds. The odds of being born for each of us is one in 400 
oh, I'm sorry, one in 4,000 quadrillion. Those are the greatest, greatest odds known to man right there, one in 4,000 quadrillion. So the moment we did that, we hit the egg first. We had already beaten the greatest odds known to man and we hadn't even formed a thought or uttered a word. So once we, once we enter this world- Incredible. It's not about beating odds, it's about creating them. Giving people something to reach and adhere to, just like Rosa did, by sitting and looking away. We looked away from the intimidators that were in the aisle of that bus, screaming at her to get up or go to jail or worse. And all she had to do was look through that third eye of purpose. And she knew right then and there that she was exactly where she was ordained to be from the moment of her existence. Each and every one of us has that same opportunity multiple times during our journey. And so that was my Rosa Parks story. And like I said, I never actually met her. But then again, perhaps I did. Wow, that I can't wait for her family uh, to hear this episode. I'm gonna send this over after, you know, this evening, I, I, I really want her. I really want Dr. Angela Williamson and her wonderful husband, her son, and and just um, Caroline. I just want them all to to hear this that beautiful story and, and how it impacted you. For me, um, my Rosa Parks story was that January of this year, I got to sit side by side, a few members of her family, hand in hand in the front row with my dear. Sister from another mister, we shall say, Dr. Angela Williamson, um, while they honored Mm. her at the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. And listen to the gentleman who wrote Rosa Parks' biography share with a crowd of people, there wasn't a dry eye in the place, of what a wonderful, amazing woman, and so profound, yet so humble. I don't even think she actually realized, even at the end of her life, just the, quite the impact that she had on not the United States of America, mm-hmm. on the world yeah. forever, mm-hmm. forever. And that is a legacy. The moment that I was sitting there in that beautiful, beautiful Library of Congress with her family, I just, I, I couldn't even hardly process it. Like you said, out of body, it, it I'm looking around like I know where I am. I'm like having to touch the seat. Like, am I really physically sitting here? Am I really sitting here with with her family? Is this really happening right now? And as I went through the exhibit and and they had a beautiful exhibit, I'm, I'm reading her her pancake recipe and I'm just weeping. <laughs> I ha- I'm very sensitive. I, and I had to just excuse myself for a moment because I'm like, this woman, the, the impact that she's making on me, she didn't even know me. And, and it's making an impact on me presently. And yes. then we're talking 64 years later and it's making an impact. That's because it's just absolutely incredible. So thank you. Right, that's exactly what you said. The truth never changes. And it it's, and what we, we did not know in January, what we were gonna be up against and what we were gonna be facing um, for the remainder of 2020. There was a little bit of talks of, of COVID-19, but it had not yet 
that I know of had right. been on the soil, United States soil. So I, I didn't even realize that we, what we were going to be facing, um, going through the summer and adversity and against, you know, with police officers and all of this, these riots and these things that we were dealing with. And she, her story is, is, is just as important today oh, as it was yeah, then. I absolutely. I absolutely. So just wow. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think it's so important that people do share these moments that they have and and they don't keep them tucked away because stories like your story, what you just shared, it's going to touch the hearts of many and continuously. And now somebody who would have never stopped in Montgomery is going to stop there and it's now going to change their life. And 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 what really... The thing that God did for me in that moment at the at the museum with Rosa's exhibit was he 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 he. It's like he butted our moment of choosing right up against each other, so I could see that our moments like those don't come in pints, quarts, or gallons. Like I said, um, they just are. So it's just relative, and the only difference between any of us, you know, Gandhi. Um, Nelson Mandela, on and on and on. The only difference between any of us is what we choose to do with the same 24 hours. And Rosa chose to show up that day, just like I chose to show up that night, delivered that very first keynote. And she didn't know that there would be a statue there with people from all over the world coming to pay respects to that and to just feel and to be in the presence of that memory. Just like I had no idea that today that night would have affected over 20 million people that watched that video. And, mm. you know, a lot of times, a lot of us try to come up with ways to make it, be a star, think, you know, to seek fame and fortune, notoriety. But it is in those most simple unpretentious, lackluster, by appearance, moments that history takes your hand and never lets go. I I wish that moment for every single person. I claim it. I claim that. Right now, I claim that one. And we got that bell of purpose going right there in the background. Because let me tell you, you know, when I when I first started this show, and you know that the show was is an act of mm-hmm. faith in itself, of walking on faith. Um, I knew how sensitive I was, and and you know, don't cry, Virginia. If you know, edit it out now. If I cry, I cry. I, I will tell the audience I am in an emotional moment right now, and that's like mm-hmm. my ringing of the bell of purpose for me when I share. Because being able to share that and step away from the entertainer Virginia, the art director Virginia, the photographer Virginia, actress, model, this, that, whatever, and being able to say, "Hey, I'm a real person. This is my real voice, and I'm really speaking to you, and I'm really feeling in this moment, and I'm emotional, and this is healing, and this is powerful." I feel is way more important than any title anybody could ever give me. So oh, I'm grateful that you have validated that oh, for me. And, and I'm so yes, thankful. Thank you. you so, 
Yes, I just want to touch real quick, um, um, since we, we've shared that these beautiful Rosa stories, that tonight, 1030 sp- uh, Pacific Time, um, is going to be airing the 16-time award-winning documentary, My Life with Rosie, that was written by my mm. very dear friend, Dr. Angela Williamson. So if you get a chance, tune in or set your DVD to that um it is again 10 30 pacific time um which is a little later for us east coasters or central timers but you can always catch it on amazon prime so check that out if you get a chance it's beautiful it's all about the life of, of rosa parks um and yes that, i will yeah you have to check it out it's beautiful it's beautiful um on that note i want to really close the show and talk about mm bathrobe moments i got to be on bathrobe moments it was such a wonderful experience you do such a beautiful show talk to us about what bathrobe ah, moments is you. and bathrobe moments you. i'll never forget the day it uh was conceived i uh was in the second quarter of my life today as a speaker and whatnot and i was starting to feel uh almost like a fraud some days because I was, I felt like, you know, I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning and going to the gym and, and, and then I just puts around and, and I couldn't find a, uh, I needed something to springboard into my day. And cause what was happening is say I could get up and go through personal development and do my meditation or whatever I was going to do to get grounded. And then accidentally, uh, you know, stub my pinky toe on the side of the bed, and I'd off, hop, off I'd go, hopping and cussing around the house for the next 20 minutes. And I was standing in front of the desk that I'm sitting at right now, and all I had was my iPhone. No, it wasn't even an iPhone back then. It was an Android and a Samsung. And I, I said to God, I said, God, I, I need something in my life that starts my day in the right trajectory and something more than just, you know, meditation moment or something like that. I really need something solid uh, to make me accountable. And I heard someone say, well, why don't you have a show? And I looked like, get real, how can I have a show? I don't have a green screen. I don't have a light ring. I don't have earphones. I don't have a microphone. I don't even have a stand to put my phone in. And I heard God say to me, well, Lauren, there it is again. Why is it that you always head for the juggler of defeat? Juggler vein. You always go for the juggler. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, what I mean is you always go, when I offer something to you, you always go directly to why it can't be because of what is missing. Why don't you try starting at what is there? And I said, like what? He goes, well, wow. you have a chair to sit in, right? I said, yeah. He goes, well, sit down. He goes, you have a phone in your hand, don't you? I said, yeah. He goes, you have your coffee cup sitting there, don't you? I said, yeah. And you're wearing your bathrobe, right? I said, yeah. You have a message today, don't you? Well, I do. Well, why haven't you considered opening your phone, going live on Facebook, and simply calling it bathrobe moments? And I said, uh, yeah, I sat down and I did Ding. it. And trust me, <laughs> memories show up on Facebook. It's so funny because I'm, I was walking around because I didn't have a stand to put the phone and I'd go outside and I was moving around so much. People would say, Lauren, stop moving. We're getting seasick. 
I don't have Dramamine on me. Or, or get the phone away from your nostrils. We're counting your nose hairs. You know, and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know anything. But that wasn't true either. I knew enough to believe in conversation. Knew enough to know there were people out there that would love a chance to share their stories. And that's what someone did for me. My two uh-huh. friends that invited me to audition for Listen to Your Mother. So I thought, well, you never know. And so long story short, I sat down that day and here it is all these years later, season five, starting January 5th. And, you know, um, I just love it. I'm with E360 television now and it's just brought so much to my life. And I, I want to tell you this the thing that I, I adore the most about bathroom moments is are all the people like you that it has brought into my life stories that I get to hear when you hear when you engage in a conversation which is all an interview really is <clears throat> all day after day after day whether you show up to be a part of someone else's or you have your own you get to hear so many things that stop taking a lot of things for granted you stop thinking that things are you know only germane to you or isolated to your experience you start seeing that we're not so different that we're really actually more alike than we are different and bathrobe moments, um, you know, we were in a magazine a uh, couple uh, last year in, in right around this time, October or so, where they named us one of the top four live streams to keep your eye on in 2020. And then right around that corner in January, I got my deal with E360 TV. And a few months after that, um, they promoted me to um, one of the associate producers on the network. So it just goes to show you, you know, when I sat in this chair Amen. five years ago, I didn't sit here, I didn't start the show saying, I want all this stuff that has happened. I just sat down because I was instructed to, uh, you know, that it was time. And um, you have to believe, you just have to believe. And I and I just, I say that to anyone out there listening, just, you know, in order to, in order to grow, you have to go. When you go into something, step over that threshold. Don't be pensive, apprehensive, timid, step over that threshold with purpose on purpose look at what is before you from top to bottom bottom to top side to side side to side and from corner to corner and from corner to corner because then you have acknowledged what is greater than you and you say you have chosen this moment for me and right now i am choosing this moment in return once you do that what i mentioned earlier that walks before you stands beside you covers you from the back career will be with you in everything you do as long as you're wearing shoes of truth and taking a step forward with purpose you can be rosa parks gandhi you they're all the same messengers carriers protectors truth wow Well, on that note, I want to say thank you so much for being here, Lauren. And I know you gave me that turnstile table invite to be back. I hope so. I have a feeling we're going to be doing many shows together because I can't wait to have you back for La Dolce Vita podcast season two, which will start in January. I know. And I can't wait to come. I was bragging about that the other day. I can't wait. I am so I'm going to find myself. the magazine that your photo is going to go on the cover of. I'm going to find that magazine before we even shoot it and I'm going to claim it. Yes. I so thrilled Aww. and so excited. You are so special to me. 
thank you again for being here. And I so appreciate you for so much inspiration, your truth, lit, walking in your truth, walking in your purpose and your beautiful story and for sharing with all the La Dolce Vita kiddo, family kiddo. and audience members. So I'm so grateful to you. Well, thank you so much. And you guys, please Bye. come back. We'll be right back after this short message. You know how you can make a difference? Become a supporter of the La Dolce Vita podcast. You can click the Become a Donor right through the Anchor app or give a donation through a few easy clicks with PayPal. All you have to do is log in and send to virginiarosefineart at yahoo.com. Donations help me continue my mission and my movement, which is artist supporting artists. Also, if you would like to be a guest on the podcast, please contact me, Virginia Rose. You can go directly to our Facebook page, the La Dolce Vita podcast. I want to hear from you. Let's keep the movement going. Artists supporting artists like you. Hello and welcome back. Again, this is your host, Virginia Rose, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. A special, special thank you again to my guest, Lauren Michaels Harris. What a truly inspiring man, you guys. You guys have to go look him up. Go watch his goal cast. Such a motivator, such a beautiful human being. I know when you guys were listening to this episode, you were probably floored. He is such an incredible motivational speaker and breakout coach and just a wonderful human being. I cannot tell you uh, just in the short time that I've known him, how much I have already learned from him. Um, he just truly is a wonderful human being and a survivor, you know, and he claims that and, and being a survivor and sharing his story on stages, um, across the world and motivating others, uh, to walk in their purpose. So what a wonderful episode that we had today and a special thank you to Lauren. So thank you so much, Lauren. Um, thank you all for tuning in today. I want to let you know my next upcoming guest is going to be the international best-selling author and writer, Jenna Edwards. And I'm so excited for her episode. She is a beautiful human being. She's fun. She's sweet. She's kind. She's brilliant. So please come back for that episode. And again, don't forget to tune in to um, My Life with Rosie on PBS. So thank you again. And this has been your host, Virginia Rose. Don't forget to always follow your heart and have a beautiful day. We'll see you next time. Thank you.